0: Through this process, you will learn to take your own side, trusting yourself more than you trust the crowd, feeling confidence of actually making your own decisions. So you'll be a little less hungry by the emotional vampires out there, a little less worried about rejections from people, and a lot more original in your thinking and your decisions. Hey beautiful people and welcome back to the Good Life Podcast with me, Noor. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. We hope you are staying safe healthy, and good during this challenging period that we are going through together. You know, I know these are unprecedented times that we are going through with great uncertainties. But, you know, I I wish that for you to stay strong, my dear listeners, because we've got this. So, thank you so much as well for, you know, taking the time to choose this channel, to keep your company wherever you're at. And thank you so much for allowing us to serve you in this beautiful and meaningful way. And in today's episode, we're going to deep dive into the topic of the art of knowing yourself. So, you know, so many of us are wondering on earth, going through life accomplished in so many ways, right? In many aspects of our life with the potential to achieve greatness and fulfillment in so many points in our life. But we have this fundamental wound that seems to stop us from being and living the life that we truly want. And, you know, this fundamental wound is us not knowing who we really are. You know, the greatest and most important adventure of our lives, actually through discovering who we really are, Yet so many of us walk around either not really knowing or listening to an awful inner critique that actually gives us all the wrong ideas about ourselves and about life. And we mistakenly think of self-understanding as self-indulgence and we carry on without really asking the most important question we'll ever ask ourselves. Who am I really? So, you know, why is it that increasingly there is a paramount importance on knowing ourselves, on understanding ourselves? Why is it that the superficial understanding of ourselves is simply not enough to do justice to this life we're given? And, you know, studies have shown that the happiest people, they seek out meaning more than just pleasure. And that people are generally happy when they have goals that extend beyond themselves, right? So finding yourself and your happiness is a venture that's closely linked to finding meaning. You can't have one without the other. I can say with confidence that, you know, the moment that I had consciously and intentionally started on my personal journey of self-discovery to want to genuinely understand myself on a deeper level, to be able to get to know myself better. It is one of the most um, eye-opening and life-changing experiences of ever gone through in my life and you know it's a path that I will I would never want to turn back on right because I've seen too much on you know what's on the other side on how much it has truly opened my mind and my soul to a whole new different world that I live in today and that's what I hope to achieve with you in today's episode to be able to share with you the things that have worked for me and my reflections in my own personal journey so you know grab your notebook and a pen you know make yourself feel comfortable and here we go okay so guys you know have you experienced situations in your life where you suddenly felt threatened when you received a negative comment from someone, right? It could be a friend, your boss, a random stranger on social media. And, you know, when that happens, your self-esteem suddenly felt threatened, right? You felt helpless in defending your inner self. So, you know, for instance, if they decided that you are a bad person, you know, a loser, ugly, a coward, worthless, you then feel that that is who you really are, right? However unkind, extreme, or wrong-headed it may be. Have you also experienced moments in your life where you had just went through the motions of life? You finished your tertiary education, um, achieved good grades, landed a great job, got married, had kids, a comfortable home, but life still seemed strangely hollow right? And when you are all alone, you know, without the kids, without the spouse around, without the money and other distractions in your life, you feel lost in navigating through your own life. Have you experienced situations where you find it challenging to affirm and validate your sense of worth? You seem to often turn to people to ask them of what you deserve before seeking internally for an answer. So, it could include being unnaturally hungry for external praise and validation. It could also be gravitating towards ideas and opinions of the majority, adhering to rules that don't align to who you are. You know, you pursue jobs, friends, relationships, projects that are only widely accepted by the society, and you have this deep fear of being rejected by the outside world. You have this deep fear of bringing to light your true self. You have this deep fear of knowing the truth within. And, you know, this fear that you keep compounding is the very thing that actually holds you back from you, from your genuine connection with people, with God, and the world that you live in. So, you know, the understanding of the self is important for one central reason because it actually offers us a route to greater happiness, meaning, purpose, and fulfillment in life beyond our wildest imagination. And it's important to know that, you know, no one is born with the ability to know who they are. We learn through experiences and the environment that we've been brought up in and surrounded with since young. So, If you are blessed with parents who took the trouble to understand who you are, to mirror and validate your emotions and feelings, to observe and study you with immense fairness, attention, non-judgment and compassion, to guide you with the right belief systems and values for you, it would help to navigate you back to you, at a very early age in your life. And and this strong foundation of your identity, being established at a very young age, forms the basis as to how you view the world that you live in, right? And the types of people and opportunities you attract in your life. So this very foundation will be used as the framework to fend off, you know, the distorted views of others that are often imposed on you, that actually eats away into your self-esteem, your self-confidence, and your self-worth. So, Knowing who you are is the legacy of having been known properly and being validated on from the onset by somebody else. So, you know, there is um this famous quote, you know, by Oscar Wilde that I really hold close to my heart. It's, be yourself because everyone else is already taken. So, you know, now this got me reflecting, right? You know, we seem to try so hard to be just like someone else to live a life of theirs. It could be seeing someone else get married and have kids. And, you know, we torture ourselves with unrealistic deadlines of finding our soulmate and, you know, getting married and having kids. It could also be, you know, seeing someone else having the opportunity to travel around the world. And, you know, it pulses in this self-defeating cycle of, of being stuck in the job that we're in that's not paying us enough to allow us to travel around the world. So, But the thing is that we need to understand is that being that other person that you so want to be, well, you know, that's someone else's job. That's not your job, right? Because your job is to be you, not them. And, you know, the authenticity of who we really are as human beings lies not in wanting to live the life of others, lies not in wanting to live the dreams of others, lies not in wanting to live the expectations of others, but actually lies in embracing our sense of freedom to be who we really are our natural, true selves, you know, without the mask, without the facade that we often put on in our relationships, our work and our life. So even though many of us may say that we want to live a life that is true and authentic to our deepest passions, beliefs and desires, most of us actually don't, right? We may think it, but our actions actually prove otherwise. Have you ever felt overwhelmed when you hear the words financial planning? Like, you know, you don't even know where to start. Or you think you know all there is to know about insurance and you feel you are sufficiently protected. Well, you know, personally for me, it was not until I met up with a team from MFAG who explained to me the various schemes for different needs that I felt more enlightened and learned that there was more I could do to get myself covered and to get started on my first investment journey. Schedule a free session with the MAV Group team at www. Mfg.sg home or visit the social media platforms at Mfegsg. So, you know, we seem to also live in a society of conformists, right? One that teaches us that it's more important to be liked and to fit in than it is to be who we really are. And you know, many of us assume that who we are is not good enough. And therefore, we are constantly trying to fix ourselves to act like others who we think are better than us. And I think that a thought that a lot of us may have would be that, you know, we see knowing ourselves as an inherently self-centered goal, right? Something that is selfish. And my response to this is that, you know, knowing yourself is anything but selfish, rather It is actually an unselfish process that is at the root of everything we do in life. You know, because we worry too much nowadays about being seen as self absorbed or egocentric, you know, kind of person. The truth is, humans need self love in order to survive in this life. Your body should feel safe and comfortable in your own mind. So, and I feel that there is a difference between lacking consideration for others and being pleased with yourself. So as long as you know the difference between the two, you will start to find a new you. So just think about this, right? In order to be the most valuable person to the world around us, to be the best partner, parent, colleague, friend, We have to first know who we are, right? What we value, what we have to offer. And, you know, that also got me thinking, right? In order for me to be the best me that I can bring to this world, I had to first put my needs and my priorities first. I had to put in the effort. To understand me, you know, what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, what I'm projecting out into the world before I can truly make that positive impact to the people around me. So, you know, this personal journey, I feel, is something where every individual will benefit from taking. I feel that it should not be seen as a side project that you do only if you have the time. Right? Because everything you do, everything you see, everything you feel goes all the way back to the roots of who you are as an, a unique individual. Right? How well you know your own story, what you're passionate about, what you want out of life and what you don't want out of life. And, you know, it is a process that involves peeling off the layers that do not serve us in our lives and do not reflect who we really are. It's a matter of Recognizing our personal power, yet being open and vulnerable to our experiences. It isn't something to fear or avoid, you know, berating ourselves along the way, but rather something to seek out, you know, with curiosity and compassion we have toward a fascinating friend, right? And I feel that the depth of any soul lies in the wisdom and connection of your past human experiences that you take with you into the present and into the future, right? It's not just passing by it without digging deeper into the house what and why it happened. And I feel that this can only be achieved through taking the time to know you. So, you know, I feel that the reason why we see a whole lot of people struggling to thrive from their adversities is because of the huge lack of belief in themselves to rise from the ashes, to succeed, and to not give in to defeat, right? So, you know, this is a concept of self-efficacy which is something that is formed in the early childhood years as children deal with a wide variety of experiences, tasks and situations. You know, this is where elements such as the individual's attitudes, belief systems, abilities, and cognitive skills are formed. And it's something that continues to evolve throughout life as they acquire new skills, experiences, and understanding of life, which then affects how you know we think, how we act, and how we feel about our place in the world. So high self-efficacy individuals, they tend to look at difficulties as challenges rather than threats. They They tend to be more intrinsically um, interested in the task that they pursue. So things such as difficulty and failure, it does not mean defeat to them, right? But rather, you know, these individuals, they look at those challenges as um, opportunities to look for new options and alternatives to actually overcome the adversity that they're in. And, you know, in contrast, people who have low self-efficacy, they tend to see difficult tasks as threats that they should avoid at all costs. Because of this, they also tend to avoid setting goals and have low levels of commitment to the ones that they do make. So when setbacks happen, they tend to give up quickly and they run away from problems, you know, they run away from people. And The reason is because they don't have much confidence in their own selves, right, in their own ability to be able to overcome it. And I feel that, you know, this group of people, they are more likely to experience feelings of failure, anxiety, and depression. So, you know, what I want you, the listeners, to do is to be able to, you know, now take a stock check right, of your past experiences, even the existing ones that you're going through right now. How are you interacting with those situations? Are you reacting or are you responding, right? How are you viewing those situations in your mind? I want you to ask yourself, you know, these questions for you to be able to reflect on yourself. So, you know, for instance, are you confident in your ability to achieve your goals? Are you able to bounce back fairly quickly after stressful events? Do you feel like, you know, you can come up with solutions when you are facing a problem? Do you keep trying even when things seem difficult? Are you good at, you know, staying calm even in the face of chaos? do you tend to focus on your progress rather than getting overwhelmed by all that you still have to do? So, you know, if you answered yes to many or most of those questions, then chances are, you know, you have a fairly strong sense of self-efficacy, which is great, right? But if you answered no to most of it and you feel like, you know, your self-efficacy could use a boost, keep listening on because I'll be sharing with you some tips on that, right? So, you know, the first tip is this. It is having that sobering self-realization of the lack of stable identity within. So, you know, I spoke earlier about the lack of identity formation within at a very young age which then causes the instability of the sense of self as one progresses through life and it causes you to actually doubt yourself, you know, seeking love and validation externally. So, you may ask, like, you know, how, how would I know, you know, that I don't have a strong sense of self that's been developed over the years? You know, what are the indicators? So, I talked earlier about the concept of low self-efficacy, you know, having the low belief within yourself to to be able to overcome the hurdles and challenges. So that's one indicator of um, a lack of stable identity. So the second indicator is you allowing the environment to mold you. To change you against your true nature. So a very common example is actually in relationships, right? Where you actually find yourself molding into the relationship that you're in. So when you do get into one, you know, you change your hobbies. You change your appearance to match your partner's likings. So you manage to somehow convince yourself that what they like is what you really like as well. You know, and if your partner doesn't like, you know, certain things, like perhaps they don't like your friends, who could actually genuinely be good people, but they just don't like them, right? Or they don't like your, you know, your colorful way of dressing, or, you know, they don't, they don't like your body type, you know, they comment that you're too fat or you're too skinny for their liking. So, you know, as soon as they comment that they don't like it, you drop it without hesitation, right? You give up what you like. You give up who you are just so that you won't risk them getting mad or leaving you. So nod your head right now, you know, if this is something that you've personally experienced in your relationships. So the third indicator is this, is that your relationships don't run deep. So, you know, when you don't know who you are, you face a whole lot of trust issues with yourself right so there can be a lot of um self protection going on that actually prevents real connection with others. You find it hard, you know, for you to be your vulnerable self with others because you actually see that as a huge weakness. So you have, um, you know, fear of intimacy. And you will also tend to spend a whole lot of your energy and your time, you know, putting together this picture-perfect image of yourself that you perceive others with love and be around with. So, you know, it's always hopping from one personality, you know, one character to another and it's really very exhausting and confusing for you, right? Because you end up not knowing who you really are. And, you know, even if you tend to attract a lot of friends, a lot of followers, and you are often in a relationship with someone, right? It tends to be something that's short-lived or you simply aren't happy or fulfilled with your life because there seems to still be something that's missing. And the fourth indicator is you find yourself hanging around with people who control you and tell you what to do. So it's something about being with controlling, emotionally wounded people that really attracts you. Because the thoughts of having emotionally stable, mature individuals do not even fly on your radar, right? So coming from an inner self of low self-esteem and worth you will naturally attract people that are synonymous to your inner world view. And the thing with, you know, dating and meeting new people, when we date anyone, we are actually essentially dating their psychology, right? So we pursue those who fit into our vision of what, um you know, a partnership looks like, which can often stem from, for instance, um, family dynamics, your subconscious programming or your past traumas. And we also seem to be propelled towards the individuals that fit our view on, you know, um, for instance, on what love and relationship is, right? We chase people where we can repeat relationship roles that we're familiar with. I mean, you know, this set of programming is great if you had a perfect childhood, zero trauma and possess a healthy psychology. But the thing is that nobody is perfect, right? Nobody possesses zero trauma. So, and the thing is that, you know, for many people, for example, love, right, it has taken a warped definition, and they would tend to pursue individuals that actually play into their damaged psychology. And what I commonly see is that the detached will be drawn to the codependent, which is an individual that is, you know, obsessively, you know, clingy, you know, with very poor boundaries in their relationships. The addict and the nurturer will be drawn together you know, the narcissist and the empath will be glued together. So the psychologies just fit together to what they are accustomed to. So, you know, when you don't know yourself, you know, especially when you don't know and aren't aware about your detrimental behavioral patterns within you, you would tend to fall into a negative vicious cycle of hurt, pain and suffering. But when you are aware that you have been living from a place of lack, Instability and scarcity. When you are aware that, you know, you do have a choice in writing new scripts in life, it changes everything, right? So acknowledging a cycle and negative pattern is actually the first step to breaking it. And the journey of self-love begins there. The next step is this. It's about looking within yourself and seeing what lies beneath. So I want you to try this exercise. So, you know, grab your notebook, grab your paper, your pen, and I want you to divide it into three sections, three columns, right? And I want you to label them once, W-E-N-T-S, Values and Beliefs. So, you know, three titles. So, you know, when I say once, what I'm asking are um, actually your goals, your aspirations. So what do you want to become? What do you want to do? What do you want to be? Right? So there's this tendency in life to focus on the negative. And many of us we fall too easily into victimized thoughts and complaints about you know our circumstances and our surroundings. Rather than orienting ourselves towards positive goals, strategies, and solutions. Simply put, you know, we think a lot about what we don't want instead of focusing on what we do want. So knowing what we want is fundamental to finding ourselves. And, you know, this would then be a driving force in your life. So I want you to write these down in your paper. And the second, values. So by values, I am asking what are the things and qualities which you consider to be of worth to you? So, you know, there is actually no set of ideal values and everyone will have, you know, their own list of values with unique importance assigned to each one. So a particular value may be very important to one but unimportant to another, right? So for instance, do you value independence? You know, do you value being a good partner, having a good steady income? Do you value continuous learning? Do you value being liked by others? Do you value being health conscious? You know, do you value standing up for what you believe? Do you value being your own boss? Do you value doing what is expected, right? And so on and so forth. So there's so many that you can explore on what, um, what is really worthy and important to you. So I want you to have a run through, you know, on the principles, the standards and qualities that you hold in high regard. And the third is beliefs. So by beliefs, this isn't just a question about, you know, your feelings on a higher power, on God, but the ideals with which you identify yourself. So, these are beliefs that you hold about yourself, others, and the world. So, you know, we tend to think that our beliefs are based on reality. But the thing is that our beliefs actually govern our experiences, right? Because you use your beliefs to guide you in your decision-making and response to situations. So I want you to write down your core beliefs, you know, both the positive and negative. So, you know, some examples of positive core beliefs could include, I am worthy of love and happiness. Every living day is a gift. Or, you know, everything will turn out all right. Um, or, you know, love is always available when I choose to open my heart. And, you know, some examples of um, negative or limiting self-beliefs could include you saying or you thinking, I am weak, you know, I am flawed and unlovable. There is no hope in life, right? Things will never, ever get better. Or, you know, people are generally hurtful and disloyal. So, I want you to take your time doing this exercise. It can require a great amount of introspection and some people may even need the facilitation from you know, a therapist to unlock their ones, their values and their core beliefs. But whatever means that you use, don't rush the process right? So the whole purpose of this exercise is for you to be really aware of your own wants, values, and beliefs to develop your own inner self system rather than automatically accepting a conditioning that you've been brought up in, right? Um, You know, just like, you know, you wouldn't be running your computer or your phone on an outdated software. It's the same with your inner self system. It needs to be updated with the current times and, you know, your existing Needs, So, you know, personally for myself, as I went through this exercise, it really made me wake up to the very important notion that everyone is entitled to their life right? So, you know, I've gone through relationships where I thought I was okay with their belief system, but I was actually deceiving my own self because I feared, you know, being alone and being rejected if I actually voiced out what I wanted. And I was also kind of unsure if what I wanted was really what I should be wanting in life, right? So I didn't have a good and concrete understanding of who I was, so what happened was that, you know, I went along with their belief systems, convincing myself that it was actually my own belief system. And what I've learned is that the thing with living a life that's not true to you, you will eventually project that disharmony, that, um, disalignment and that disagreement out into the world, right? Out into the people around you. You know, perhaps initially, you know, suddenly by trying to change their worldview and beliefs through, um, you know, your body language of you not being really very happy um, or by not being fully present um, when you do something that is not really aligned to your values and your beliefs. And I feel that it will be a matter of time, that it explodes out of proportion, explodes out into the open. And it ends up turning into one big, you know, non-amicable conflict, right? I realized that in the end, I could not delude myself anymore. And, you know, this important realization, it was actually through the pain I was feeling. So the pain was a messenger of what was going on inside me, you know, on what I needed To pay attention to and address within. You know, something wasn't right, right? Like my my inner self, my inner system, it wasn't aligned to who I was externally. And that's why I felt that consistent pain and that consistent um, discomfort within. And I feel that, you know, that is a form of self-betrayal that I have put myself through. I ended up being someone that wasn't true to me. That's not me. And it resulted in me having the unhealthy need, you know, in wanting to change someone else's belief system, to mold into my vague idea of a belief system. And, you know, you see how screwed up it sounds, right? It really results in, you know, so much unnecessary suffering. And, you know, I feel that learning from those experiences, I realized that it's important to accept and respect that other people may well have, you know, their different wants, their values. And beliefs than me, and it's okay, right? It's okay that they have a different value system than me. If their belief systems don't align to mine, it's alright. You know, I feel that it's important for me to then know from the get go that it's not aligned rather than waiting perhaps, you know, one, two years into the relationship and then only start to evaluate. If our values and beliefs are actually aligned, right? Because I feel by then, I would have probably, you know, invested a lot more, you know, emotionally. And it would be harder for me to make an objective decision for myself on whether that partner and that person is actually a good fit for me. I've learned also that I don't have to force myself to be in a relationship where the values don't align to who I truly am. You know, I am free to choose Who, you know, I want to be in my life, who I allow into my life. I feel that a lot of times when people don't know who they truly are, they allow the environment to choose them instead of the other way around. And that's when it causes a lot of that pain the suffering and the confusion within, right? Because you are not consciously, you know, creating and selecting the environment that you're in. You are actually allowing, you know, and the environment to do that for you. But how can the environment, um, you know, do that for you? Because they don't know you. They are not you. Only you know yourself better, right? So you are in the best position to kind of choose the people that you allow into your life. You know, the kind of environment that you want to have for yourself that will make it, you know, the most conducive for you to truly grow and flourish. So I think that this is an important realization to have, you know, especially for those of you who, you know, are in a relationship, um, with the idea that you hope that person will actually change for you one day. And I feel that that's not healthy. It's not doing, um, you know, justice to your own life and to the person's life as well. Right? I think reflecting on this is something that's really, really important because, you know, you would probably face situations in your relationships or, you know, your encounterships that either challenge or compromise your own wants, values, or beliefs, right? But I feel that, you know, when that happens in this time, when you actually have done the inner work of understanding yourself. You know, you when you are aware of who you really are, you would no longer be operating from a place of lack and from a place of fear, you know, and you won't compromise on who you are um, just to fit in, just to feel belonged and loved. And the third step, it's acting upon your reflections. So, you know, a great plan without action produces the same result as having no plan at all. Right. I feel that we owe it to ourselves to act on the information on all the hard work that we've done, you know, in our self reflections so that we can learn and grow. So using your reflection on your results, right, decide what is the highest priority that you want to work on. Right. Decide what steps that you need to take first. Then do it. Right. So, you know, for myself, one of the high priority things that I wanted to work on for myself, it was um, my self-limiting belief of I will never be loved in this body. So I shared briefly in the previous episodes that I did experience body image issues when I was younger. So I was overweight as a kid and, you know, I was um, selected to be in the tough club, which is the trim and fit club. So it's a by invitation only club where you get the privilege of clocking in extra exercise hours. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I really dreaded being in that club. Like, oh my God, I, I did not like being in that club because I felt labeled, Right. I felt labeled as the fat kid, you know, the different kid, the special kid, and, you know, not at the good sense. So I felt that, you know, my flaws, um, were amplified for the world to see by being in that club. So I never really addressed this discomfort that I felt within back then. Right. Um, but what I realized is that, you know, it manifested itself in my relationships where I felt that, you know, if a guy were to like me, I felt actually lucky to even be noticed by anyone. So, you know, looking back, I realized that I gave in and compromised a whole lot just to be accepted by someone else. And I feel that that is no way to live life at all, you know. And um personally for me, it has been a long journey in accepting and embracing my body the way it is, you know, in embracing my flaws. So, you know, I had to learn and learn and relearn my relationship with food, my relationship with, you know, working out, my relationship with my body. So what I'm trying to say is that, You know, take your time to unpack those layers because it's always more complex than what you think it is right? To be able to understand what you're going through and what you're feeling. Um, and I feel that if you truly put in the work, you know, consistent work and persevere on, it will pay off. You know, um, it is a process. It is a journey. It takes time. So prioritize what you want to work on first. And the last step is this. It's to share your progress with your support team. So, you know, as always, sharing our progress, it can help, Keep us accountable, right, and we can gain some assistance to support us on our way, so I want you to find you know an accountable partner or group, you know do you have a close friend? Do you have a close friend or a mentor with whom you can actually discuss your progress, right? So seek out people who make you happy, who supports what lights you up, you know, who inspires you to feel passionate about your own life. So this family may, of course, you know, include people you're related to, but also those who are not related to you by blood, right? So essentially, it's family you've really chosen, a core group of people who you consider true allies and friends. So, you know, creating this family is a key component in actually finding ourselves because who we choose to surround ourselves has a profound effect on how we can relate to the world that we're in. Right. So having a support system that believes in us, that helps us in realizing our goals and developing on a personal level will truly and tremendously help you a lot in your journey. So you, you got to have your go-to people that you can truly talk to and connect with. And, you know, if you are having issues trying to go through this alone or struggling, you know, to find friends or family, um, to talk to, consider seeing a trained psychotherapist, right? Who's able to study you closely and mirror you properly and validate what you feel through their eyes, you know, which will help you understand better what you really feel and take seriously what you really want and what you really need and you know through this process you will learn to take your own side trusting yourself more than you trust the crowd and you know feeling confident of actually making your own decisions so you'll be a little less hungry by the emotional vampires out there a little less worried about rejections from people and a lot more original in your thinking and your decisions And, you know, you would have also started, right, the journey of learning the art of befriending and loving who you really are. And that's such a beautiful thing. So when you are aware of your own self and you know what you stand for, you are less likely to mold yourself into other people's wants, values and beliefs. You are less likely to have the tendency to place that expectation on others to change their value system to meet yours. And this self-introspection journey, it also aims to help you gain separation from the turbulent forces of your day-to-day life, where you are able to look at those forces from afar and have perspective on whether you actually want the life that you currently have, right? Is this who you really are? Is this what you truly care about? So, you know, those are the four steps that you can try out in guiding you towards finding more about yourself. So the first is the self-awareness of the current state that you're in. The second is about exploring deeper within to discover your wants, your values, and your beliefs. The third is acting upon your reflections. The fourth is finding a support system and sharing your progress and vision of life with. So I would just like to end it off with, you know, a couple of takeaways. When people say, you know, that they want to find themselves, essentially what they mean is that they want to reevaluate their values and the belief system, right? So this process of finding yourself, it usually gets triggered when one goes through a major life event or they feel like, you know, they're losing control of the direction of their life. But you don't have to wait for a major life-threatening event to even embark on this beautiful self-discovery journey. Embark on it so that if and when that major life-changing event does come, you will be better prepared to handle it. So, you know, here's a quote for you to ponder upon. To know yourself as the being underneath the thinker, the stillness underneath the mental noise, the love and joy underneath the pain, as freedom, salvation, and enlightenment. So thank you so much you know my dear listeners for listening all the way through you know I truly appreciate your time I truly appreciate your commitment and you know I hope that I actually gave you insights on your journey of introspection so you know share with us your insights we'd love to hear them tag us on our Instagram the good life underscore podcast so you could also let us know you know what sort of topics that you like us to talk about the guests that you like to have on our show as well and And don't forget to follow our Instagram, right? Where you get updates on new episode releases and amazing live codes to motivate you on a daily basis. So, you know, share this episode as well with your loved ones to spread the message of love and support for one another. And, you know, we can't wait for you to listen to the next episode. In the meantime, be bold, be beautiful, and stay the amazing you that you are. Take care, everyone.